0: They're really getting confidence now. There it is. Caught for
1: the <laughs> and the ball taken out by West Virginia. Back the other way. The Mountaineers took it out of its hands. The
0: Ryan Reds are gonna wrap this one up in easy fashion. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cuddy and the Cooge on Sports. Welcome back, Cuddy.
1: Good to be here, Cooge. Good to be here. The weather's better and sun's out every day and g- all things are good here in the Northeast.
0: Yep. Yep. You guys had your first Airbnb guest over the weekend.
1: Yeah, we did. We did. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, was a lot of fun. It's kind of a new adventure for us, but, uh, I think we're going to really enjoy it. So any of our listeners out there that are looking for a <laughs> nice place to stay, uh, please, uh, Go to Airbnb and look for Saratoga, perspective in the country. And you'll find <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah.
0: Little plug there. Free plug. Free plug. I want to get exactly. the Cuddy and the Cooge experience. Yeah. This is right. It would be right where we, uh, right in our home studio.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, you might even be lucky enough. We might be doing an episode. And, and uh, when you're a guest, you could maybe sit in as a guest. We on should our, get um, on our podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: We should get a neon. Right here, Cuddy in the Cooge studio. We
1: should. Oh my God. In a plexiglass and like a museum when people stay (laughs) here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Actually, I'm going to think about that. Mom (laughs) probably won't go for it. But speaking of Airbnb, before we get started in our episode, I was talking to my best friend, Christine, if you're listening, yesterday. And one of her friends has a podcast, and it's called My Airbnb Guests. And he has an Airbnb similar to yours, but he stays in the basement and they stay in the top. And he interviews every Airbnb guest for his podcast. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> I know. That's pretty I'm cool. I'm going to look that up because, like, you know, he gets, like, all kinds of, like, random people from different backgrounds. Yeah. So, yeah. I cool. interesting stories out of that. I bet. Yeah. yeah. Um, for those of you listening, there's a third voice. That's our producer, Chase. We've got him mic'd up for... Future episodes, so he can uh, he can join in on the the fun. We brought yeah. him, we brought him over to the talent side. Yeah, I'm finally hot on the mic.
1: <laughs>
0: so today we do not have a guest because we have a more special episode than any guest we could ever have. It's an episode about my thirtieth birthday. <laughs>
1: oh my god! Which lasts for a month, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's not ongoing. just a day; it's a month. So.
0: Yeah, especially when it's my thirtieth. It's been a uh, We've already started the festivities, but actually instead of it being about my birthday, I wanted to kind of more talk about like me and my dad and what it was like growing up in athletics and some stories that we had. So my first question, Cuddy, how (laughs) does it feel that your youngest child is 30 years old?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, getting, I, I say this all the time, I haven't found one good thing about getting old yet, <laughs> but it is kind of, uh, it's kind of sad. You know, I look back when I was 30 and I'm like, now you guys are 30 and I'm way past 30. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, you know, life moves on. And, you know, my mom and dad always told me when I was younger, cause I, you know, when you're younger, sometimes you say, man, you know, of course you know, back then, I, you know, I, man, I wish I was 18 when you're like 14, because 18, you could drink in West Virginia at the time. And then you say, man, I wish I was 21. Man, I wish I was 30. Man, I wish I had a job. And my parents always used to tell me, you know, you don't wish because, you know, getting old comes fast enough. And sure enough, it does. So. I
0: know, it's crazy. I can't imagine having like a baby and then you see them when they're 30 years old. Like that seems bizarre, kind of.
1: It is bizarre, and then you know you look at like some of your you know your family pictures and things like that, and it brings back a lot of memories and and you know for me, being in athletics all the years I was in it, a lot of my um family stuff that I remember you know kind of evolve around or revolve, i should say around athletic events or athletic happenings and things like that. so some of the things we'll talk about today, but um so you know I guess you know and I'm sure everybody in their own professional lives same thing happens with them. But uh, yeah, Yeah. I'm getting old, Cooge, getting gold.
0: I know. Good thing we have this podcast to remember you by. (laughs) 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 But yeah, yeah, I mean, speaking of like growing up in athletics, it's just kind of crazy because some of my first memories of things are like on basketball courts or like in the offices or football fields, all kinds of stuff. And like, I remember like, bring your daughter to work day. <laughs> what was that? What is bring your daughter to work day? Like, was that like stressful for you?
1: Uh, no, not really. I no. Um,
0: yeah. Cause you pretty much had other people taking care of me. I was going to say that that's
1: why I had graduate students. I mean, <laughs> they, uh, you know, the, the hardest part about the bring your daughter to school day or, or to work day, you know, when you're in athletics, you, you're, you know, you, you have meetings you got to go to and, and stuff like that. So it's a little bit erratic, but, uh, but no, those were, those were fun times and, um, you know, driving you guys around on the golf carts and things like that. And and like I said, in the graduate students, you know, taking you all over the place and, you know, sometimes they, they took you and I didn't see you for like two hours, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of golf carts, so my dad and I bonded at a young age and continue to bond over a beautiful, majestic place called in and out Exactly. If, if you're listening to this, if you're an in and out hater, just sign off right now because <laughs> we love In-N-Out and when I was a little kid, like we were when I was young young, we were like not we did not eat out a lot. We didn't have like a ton of money. So like we occasionally we'd get like McDonald's or something. But then when I would go to work with my dad, We would get our ins (laughs) and we'd, there was an in and out, like basically right on campus and we'd hop in the golf cart and run over to in and out. I could get, my mom wasn't there to tell me I couldn't get animal style and a milkshake. So I would get like all the (laughs) stuff I wanted.
1: (laughs) Yeah, those are fun. That in and out on, it's on Maryland Parkway at UNLV. And I think it's still to this day, one of the busiest in and outs in the state of Nevada, maybe on the West coast. I mean, that place is hopping. So, um, yeah. yeah, we would jump in a golf cart and drive over there and, and it's always
0: uh, busy. Well, one of the other things I was thinking about that just came to mind that I didn't write down before this episode, remember that time that we went to Washington DC?
1: Yeah. That why was a, did,
0: why did we even do that?
1: Uh, well, we, we were playing because
0: um, mom wasn't there, right?
1: No, you, I, I think your mom was working at the time. At the, that, I'm not really sure where she was at, but um, we played Georgetown in basketball um, in D.C. where the where the Washington. Uh, what the heck's their name? Washington, not I keep thinking Washington Generals. That's the <laughs> <laughs> Washington Bullets, right? Is that isn't that their name? I uh, how can I
0: forget who that? Who are you talking? What are NBA
1: you... team? The NBA team. That, oh. that, where they play? They play in DC anyway. Okay. And um uh sorry Tommy Shepard. Tommy Shepard's the <laughs> vice president for the I Washington Bullets. And um but we went to Georgetown and I had the opportunity to take Megan with me and, uh, um and I don't remember even why Wizards Washington Wizards god <laughs> darn it thanks coach
0: I don't remember why either I I feel like we were in West Virginia first
1: No we went there second
0: Oh okay because what all I remember is like well I don't even remember how we traveled there did we travel with the team
1: Yeah we went with the team we flew there um, and I mean we literally stayed right on Pennsylvania Avenue somewhere like really nice hotel Um, and Charlie Cavagnero was the athletic director at the time. And, um, and, and again, I don't really know what my purpose was. I I know that, I think I took advantage of the fact that we were going to DC and maybe, uh, you know, I took you with me and then we went and visited, you know, your, your grandma and grandpa. Um, but, but anyway, that, it was a fun trip. I mean, we, uh.
0: I remember like one day you had a bunch of stuff to do and Mindy Rice, remember she hung out with me all day and we went. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, that's the main part I remember about it is like, cause what, what was Dave at the time?
1: Dave was an assistant coach and Mindy was my administrative assistant in the training room. Oh, okay. She worked for me. So she made the trip and, um. Yeah. And then she kind of babysitted you one day cause I had stuff going on. I, I wasn't an athletic trainer then. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I was like
0: 10. I feel yeah, like.
1: I, I don't, I, I don't, you know, I don't even remember what my role was at UN. Yeah. I could, I don't think I was, if I was, I was just transitioning out of being an athletic trainer. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, Charlie Cavagnaro was the AD and he's the one that got me in administration. So, um, yeah, I kind of forgot about that trip too, but that was a, that was a fun time. And that, if you, well, if you don't remember, so the game was a night game, uh, well, this was kind of stupid on my part, but, um, the game got over, you know, like nine, nine 30. And then we drove, you and I drove across the mountains in the winter time. Cause it was real cold, uh, to West Virginia to visit your grandma and grandpa. And, You know, we didn't get into West Virginia till like one or two in the morning. Yeah. uh,
0: And if you know what driving through those mountains are like, you you probably don't because nobody really goes to West Virginia that much. (laughs) But I mean, where my dad lived is like a small town with two lane road. And like the mountain is just like next to you. Like you're like, are those rocks going to fall on my head? (laughs) It's pretty scary. And people out there drive like you know, they're used to it. So they drive like 50 miles an hour taking these turns. So yeah. that is pretty scary.
1: And I remember the first morning we got there, it snowed and you went outside and did a snow angel. <laughs>
0: and yeah.
1: your grandma made you all kind of food. And I
0: probably board. never saw snow before. I was like, what is this? I know. Magic true, dust.
1: It was, it was a, that was a good trip. I forgot about that, cooch. I was that was fun. Uh, and I think we stayed in West Virginia for three or four days and then flew back. And
0: yeah. So, speaking of trips like that, too, well, this is not sports related, but it's kind of a funny like window into my childhood. When I think of driving at night, remember that time that we went camping and we got to the campground at night and somebody's horn was honking when they would turn the wheel?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was our neighbor, Mike Duffy, Um uh, Mike and Becky Duffy. And, and, uh, he worked actually at Johnny Walker RV. Um, he was like a maintenance or, you know, worked on RVs, which I could really use him right now, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, so we took his truck and he got a camper from Johnny Walker but every time he turned the wheel to the right or left at home, and we got in this campground like 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night, and he would turn, errr, errr.
0: <laughs> and there was like a lot of turns.
1: A lot of turns, a lot of noise, and I'm thinking, oh my God, that was, that's funny. Yeah, we
0: had lots of, camping was like our childhood activity, and you know, for those of you who don't know, our, our family is called the Griswolds, because... For without fail, something went wrong every single time. And it wasn't even like little stuff. Like one time my dad like packed up the whole trunk of our van. I think it was the van. And like he drives away, the trunk flies up and all oh, yeah. shit all out the back.
1: Yeah, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, the scariest one was when we took you and your friend. Jacqueline, I think, to Santa, Santa Barbara, Barbara. Mm-hmm. and that we had a little tent trailer that I bought, which we loved. I mean, we went all over the place in that stupid little thing, and uh so we were going up to Santa Barbara, which you know is a good five five and a half hour drive, and um as I got on to the ninety five up there because from Las Vegas to Santa Barbara, you're not always on freeway, you're kind of on two lane roads and you zig in and out and then you get back on the freeway up in uh kind of as you get in the up toward that area and you get on I think it's 95 or maybe interstate 5 one of them and going north and so I get on the interstate and I'm zipping down through there and these people pu- are pulling up next to us and they're blowing their horn and you know I'm like and you you know, you're like
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I'm
1: like waving I'm like I'm like you know and I'm like what are these, what's wrong with these people so finally I thought, well, I'm, I better pull over and see if something's wrong. And I did. And I got out, I'm walking around the truck and the tr- tent trailer and everything. And and uh I don't see anything. And then I just happened to notice that my propane tank is totally missing.
0: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And
1: and so I'm like, oh no. And I can see the why, you know, the hose going underneath the tent trailer. And I'm like, Oh, my God. And I bend, up, get down on the ground. I look under there and there's the propane tank. <laughs> uh, so I'm dragging a propane tank, a full propane tank oh my God. down the freeway. <laughs> and and then I, so I reach under there and, you know, and I barely touch it because I'm like just thinking and it's beat to hell. I, you know, I have no idea how it didn't rupture. And, but then I can't get it out. Yeah, because you know it's under there, and of course the weight of the our the the tent trailers on it, and I'm thinking, oh God, what do I, you know? What do I do? Like I, I, you know, I. So I think what we ended up doing is I, I just kind of put a jack, and then I slid it out, and then I, you know, unhooked it. And the whole time I'm thinking, this thing's going to blow up. I'm going to die right here on there State <laughs> Five. Um, and it was funny because then we drove. You know, another detour, I mean, because we had to drive to, because I couldn't use the propane tank now. So we go to Walmart, to a Walmart off of the 5 somewhere. <laughs> I never will forget, I take that thing and I drop it off at the Walmart and I go in and I tell him, hey, I need a propane exchange. And the guy comes out and he looks at it and he says, we ain't taking that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, I mean, there was like endless like... Remember one time we were going to Utah and blew a tire. Yeah. And like we were in the middle of, if you've ever driven from Vegas to Utah, there's a stretch where there's literally nothing. We were in the middle of nowhere, blew the tent trailer tire, right? So we had to like unhook it. Some of us stayed with the tent tra- trailer in the blazing heat. And then my dad had to drive back like 100 miles, <laughs> get <Yeah>. a tire. <laughs> Like <laughs>
1: I know that
0: shit happens to my dad all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One more before we move on from disaster stories and then we'll go back into sports, but tell them about the boat hitch situation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is a classic.
1: Yeah. This is with my nephew, Adam. Um, so I had a Maxim, a 19 foot boat as my first boat we bought. And I just bought a brand new, 2012 Toyota Tundra. I mean, and I mean, literally brand new. It didn't have a 300 miles on it. And so we're going to we're going out to the lake, me and Adam, our nephew and, and Annette, and we're just going to go out there and mess around. And I, I think it was even during the week. It wasn't even on a weekend and uh, it was hot as heck. No, I take that back. It was on the weekend because Charlie and Cindy, our friends, they were already out there and we were going to meet them out there. And I think it was a Saturday morning and, uh, everything's good. You know, we're uh, now also keep in mind, like we lived about 20 minutes from the lake, but I actually had my boat stored like five miles from the lake. I mean, literally it didn't take any time to get it there. So I hooked up the boat and, you know, we took it down there. And as you're coming into the lake, um, to get up to the, to the ready lane, there's like a bump, like a speed bump, but it's not, it wasn't put there on purpose. I think it just happened. And, and I, you know, I wasn't going that fast or anything, but I guess just the way that I hit it, um, you know, I I went over with my truck and then the the trailer goes over and the, the lock on the trailer hitch just broke. And so it really wasn't my fault. (laughs) It just literally broke. It's never his um, fault guys. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I felt, you know, my truck jar and it kind of pulled me to the left and then pulled me back to the right. And I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? And I look in the rearview mirror and as soon as I looked in the rearview mirror, Adam's like, hey, Jer, your trailer is off the hill. <laughs> they just
0: see the boat bobbing up and, and down. you see the
1: boat bobbing up and down <laughs> and going left and right. And, you know, I was going like, you know, probably 10 to 15 miles an hour at the most. Well, now I'm thinking, what do I do? So of course the first thing I do is I slowly put on my brakes and sure the boat goes bam <laughs> right into the back of my brand new Toyota Tundra, and so then it, you know of course I I keep going and I hit the brakes again and bam it hits it again, hits it again and there was a sidewalk. There's a sidewalk there, kind of a high sidewalk too. So I'm thinking, okay, if I if I get over close to the sidewalk, maybe the, you know it'll it'll wedge the wheels of the trailer and it'll stop it, you know, uh, that didn't happen. So basically what ended up stopping it was my, the back of my Toyota Tundra. So it took, it put like three big, like cuts in my, uh,
0: tailgate
1: tailgate that, you know, literally looked like somebody shot it with a rifle. I mean that the hitch went right through it. Um, and so needless to say, you know, it was like, and it was hot. And so I get out. Well, the problem was me and Adam, you know, we literally could not lift the the hitch up. I mean, it, that thing's heavy. You know, that mm-hmm. those boats are dead weight. So we couldn't lift it to get it back on the hitch. And as soon as we started to figure out what we were going to do, Charlie and Cindy come out of the they come out. Well, their battery went dead.
0: <laughs> so they,
1: they had to, they were going to go get another battery. And so, uh, I, you know, I waved them down and they came over and I think Charlie and Ben, Ben might've been in, they were younger at the time too, about Adam's age. And, uh, the four of us, I think we ended up getting it back on the hitch. So we take it down to the, you know, to the Marina and I'm looking over everything and, you know, and I, told Annette, I said, well, you know, we're already out here. I mean, the damage is already done. <laughs> and I said, we might as well just go boating. And I said, let, you know, cause that's the only way we're going to find out if the boat's okay yeah. and the trailer. Cause I was worried <laughs> that the trailer coming off like that, maybe the axle got bent or something like that. So we put it in the water and it was fine. The trailer, um, was not great. It, uh, I mean, it, it was usable, but the trailer then always had like a, was always out of balance a little bit. You know, you could it had tell. a crip walk. Yeah, it had kind of a <laughs> crip walk. But, uh.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I mean, actually, as we're talking, I'm thinking of more and more stories. Like, they're seriously endless. No. But because then, and we'll get, we'll do another, we'll do a Griswold episode. Because then at one point, my dad sunk his boat. Like, uh, yeah, we, we, <laughs> that's yeah. a whole nother story. But. <laughs> Speaking of boats, I was thinking of um, the, yes, like the other day, me, you, and mom were talking about the first year that we first owned a boat. Mm -hmm. We forgot about the sea eagle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right.
0: Our first boat was this, one of those blow up boats Sea Eagle, yeah, but my dad would call it the sea eagle, sea eagle, (laughs) and it was a blow up boat with a little motor. And all five of our family would go on this little dinky boat, and again, plenty of Griswold stars. Yeah, that
1: was (laughs) uh, that was kind of a mess. That little boat, I mean, but we had a good time on it, but we had some casualties
0: too (laughs) yeah Yeah. but um rolling it back to growing up in athletics and all of that stuff you know we spoke about the DC trip which I kind of forgot about but there were a couple other trips that I do remember more about one was when I flew with the team and you obviously to Reno and it was like some it was like a big big rivalry I mean Reno and UNLV is always a big rivalry, but not really because UNLV is not ever good at football, but it's just like a big drinking. Basically, all the college kids get really drunk and start a lot of fights and stuff. But I went, I think I was, it must have been like a freshman or something in high school. And I went up and what was the, do you remember what the big ordeal was?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Reno was just a big rivalry. <clears throat> they weren't, at that time, they weren't in our league. But because it was in-state, we had to play him. Truth of the matter is, especially in basketball um, and even in football, UNLV really never wanted to play Reno, nor did they ever want to really play us. And truthfully, when I first got to UNLV, they they were much better than us in football because they were one double-A for a long time, and they were really, really good. And then they went to Division One. And, um, you know, and they kind of carried on. They had a really good coach and they were, you know, they were a good team. Um, And in basketball, you know, obviously, you know, UNLV used to kick their butt year in and year out. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a great game. Uh, And when I first got there, we only played them once a year in basketball. So it was, you know, either up there or at Vegas type thing. And just because of, you know, Northern Nevada, Southern Nevada, it was just a big rivalry. Mm -hmm. And, That particular year, um, it was really big because John Robinson was our coach and, you know, the legendary John Robinson. And he um, really came in and I think John was coaching. He coached us or coached at UNLV for five years and Reno never beat him. And before he got there, we hardly ever beat Reno. Mm -hmm. And not only did they beat us, they beat us bad. And uh, so Coach Robinson got there and we had beaten them a couple times, I think. I think that was his third year. Uh, we beat them twice and now we're going up there and the place is crazy. Their students, um, you know, just like UNLV students, their students got hammered before the game and, you know, everybody got drunk and it was a night game, which, you know, they drank all day. And and as the years went on, the game got so out of control was from a fan standpoint that, you know, they they moved it to noon thinking, you know, the drinking wouldn't be as bad. Yeah, that stuff.
0: was a bad idea because when they did that, then we would just go tailgate. We would drink the whole night before, right? tailgate in the morning and not eat anything. And it was like even a worse disaster than <laughs> just having a night game.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because in
0: Vegas, you know, you can drink 24, 24 hours a day. Yeah. So...
1: Yeah, so it it was, you know, and I mean, when I worked there, you know, we had to put in provisions about after the game and, you know, there's an exchange of the cannon, the Fremont cannon goes Mm -hmm. to the winner, uh, a symbol of, you know, who won the game. And, you know, one time at UNLV, we, we beat them at Sam Boyd Stadium and our fans, especially former football players, they got a hold of the cannon and there's supposed to be a ceremony. You walk the cannon out to the middle of the field. The visiting team gives it to the winning team, and you know, is, is you all. paint
0: it red or you paint it blue.
1: Yeah, well, it got to the point where you know people would come out of the stands, they would grab the cannon, they'd have everybody have spray paint, they would just start painting it, and it was a disaster because this cannon, you know, is like 200 years old. I mean, it's back to the whatever yeah. Revolutionary War or something, and. um, And so it got destroyed. I mean, and I remember when I was there, um, it literally got broken apart, you know, and our equipment guy, Paul Pucciarelli, we had to, him and I, uh, I, I was part of that, we found a place up in northern Nevada that restored old antique cannons. And we had to send it up there and have the whole thing rebuilt.
0: Yeah, and I mean, when when UNLV would beat Reno, and I don't know about vice versa because I only went to Reno that one time. Which that one time, like he said, I mean, people were like throwing trash at like me from yeah. the stands, like you suck, and like <laughs> like I'd be like on the sideline, like getting pelted with trash and <laughs> water bottles and shit. But. Um, like when at UNLV, like when we would beat Reno, people would like storm the field, start climbing the field goals, like it was like wild.
1: I know it's crazy. Well, I remember that game and telling you to, you know, stay on the sidelines, stay by me, don't go anywhere. And when the game's over, just walk off the field. Because at Reno, you walk off the field, their student section is in the end zone Mm -hmm. and it's all students. And then on the left is the visiting. in the corner like there is the visiting team people but right next to them is another student section of reno fans and so when you walk off the field man you just got pelted yeah i mean they throw bottles and you know whatever and um, and
0: right there is where you go to get on the team bus right so like you literally have to walk into the fire to get to like your team bus
1: (laughs) yeah it's, it's it wasn't a very good setup there and uh uh but but in that particular game I, I don't know if, if that was the game cuz there was another game that John Robinson at halftime you know we were walking off the field and I'm on the sidelines and I'm following the coach and um you know he, you know he he was one of the first last, he was kind of one of the last guys off the field cuz he's the head coach you know you take off your thing and and he uh your headset and then he starts walking and I, as I look up, I just happen, and that's the other thing there. When you walk off the field, I always kind of kept my head down because I didn't want to get smacked in the face with something, you know, so you keep your head down. And and I just happened to peek out of the, up up a little bit, and I saw this pop can come flying, and it hit Coach Robinson right in the head. And he stopped, and he kind of, he didn't go down, but he, you know, he was kind of dazed, and so we kind of, Got him into the to the locker room and everything, and and he didn't have a cut, but he had a kind of little bump on his head, um, you know. So it's <laughs> it's a it's a crazy place. I mean, you know, and, I mean that's, I mean, as bad as it sounds, I mean, people that you know, you know, are involved with rivalry games, that stuff happens, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you try to control it the best you can, but, pfft, I mean, it's you know, at UNLV, the worst game of the year for me as an administrator, was the Reno game and the Hawaii game.
0: Yeah, Hawaii was wild. I mean, I remember being up in the box, like the athletic director's box, and you just see pile, pile, like people just constantly going in for fights in the stands, like over and over.
1: And, you know, people that are listening, you know, UNLV and Hawaii didn't have a big rivalry. I mean, I mean, they, uh, we played them quite a bit because of Geographics, but, um, and then they, then they became, got into our league, but, um, it, it was a big rivalry in as much because in, in, at, in Vegas in general, there's a huge Hawaiian and Samoan population.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, there's a lot of Hawaiian students that go to UNLV and, and Hawaii folks are very passionate about the rainbows, the Hawaii rainbows. And, and, uh, And so their students, even though they were our students, but they were from Hawaii, would inevitably be getting fights and stuff. I mean, before the game, there'd be fights. I mean, it was brutal.
0: And the thing that's funny is like UNLV fans aren't really fans of UNLV. They're fans of going to the games and getting absolutely annihilated. Yeah. So then that's just like... They just talk shit for really, I mean, there are, I'm sure, some diehard UNLV fans, but for the most part, it's a commuter school. It's not like, you know, back in the day, sure, back in the 90s, but in my age group, it was more just about going to, like, get drunk. So then you, and then you just, they're just talking shit for no reason, and then, boom, fight. Back then, it was the only sports team in town, so you had all the sports fans instead of just, you know, college students. You did. So. And, and it was
1: mostly, I mean, I, I don't want to blame students, but it was mostly students because as, as the Cooge said, <laughs> um, you know, UNLV was a commuter school. So a lot of kids, there wasn't a lot of activity on the campus and there wasn't a lot of dorm life. Now there's a lot more now than there was then. And so on Saturday, that was the place for all the students to meet to start their weekend party. Yeah. And well, I mean, they would come it. in there with, rider trucks and they'd have couches and they'd have, you know, chairs and they'd have boom boxes. I mean, they'd have stereo systems and, uh, and, you know, as time went on and you, you know, we, we started controlling the environment, if you will, which was, which was also very difficult to do, but literally I would be out in that tailgate area until well into the second quarter of the football game. So I missed the whole first quarter and a half of the football game because I would be out there with our campus police and our security guys, literally just trying to get the people to go to the game. Yeah. And the other pro (laughs) so when we finally started controlling it by saying you had in order to get into the tailgate areas, you had to have a ticket to the game. So what would happen is people would come and they would have a ticket because students could get their ticket. but literally when the game would start, you would see hundreds of cars just leaving the stadium and drive you know le- leaving because they just came there for the party. You yeah know? so well
0: that time when that first year when they switched the Reno game to the a day game, we went like me and my brothers and like a bunch of our friends went. And we were going into that tailgate area and they were like, no alcohol allowed. And then we were like, Pff. so literally like a couple of people jumped out of the car with like the 30 racks of beer and like the vodka tucked over under the, their arm, threw it over the gate like a few yards down. And then we were like, OK, drove in, picked it up and then just like like I mean, c- controlling it is a loose term because it's like it's, no, it's- impossible to control it.
1: Yeah. Those were some crazy times. But.
0: but yeah, that was Reno. And that was a, an intention for me, I think, to go, we like, tour, we like looked around the campus and stuff uh-huh. and all that. And there happened to be the game. And then the same thing happened. So I had a friend that went to Wyoming University and she was like in a sorority and stuff. And I was like a freshman or sophomore. And I was like, dad, I think I want to go to Wyoming University. He's like, I think you don't want to go there. He's like, how about you travel with me for a game there and see what it's like. So he took me there for a basketball game in the dead of winter. It was like January and we traveled with the team to Wyoming and yeah, after that, I was like, We like walked around the campus like I could barely breathe like it was so cold (laughs) and I mean it was fun and like the fans there like super into they're like actually fans like into their sports and stuff and they're you know party school but it's very small town and very cold. And I was like, you're right, Dad. I just don't want to go to college at all. <laughs> Thanks for the insight. Yeah. Well, and,
1: and, you know, University of Wyoming, I used to enjoy that trip. And that, that particular trip, um, we flew on a charter. Co- Lon Kruger was our coach at the time. And mm-hmm. so we chartered up there. And our which,
0: basketball team was good. So it was Yeah, we had fun. a good
1: team. And uh, that was kind of, you know, a, a different way to go to, to Wyoming because for many years before chartering became a thing, um, you know, you'd have to fly into Denver. So, you know, Laramie is two hours north of Denver. So you go past Fort Collins and then you go across this mountain range. And a lot of times <clears throat> you can't even get back and forth when they have the big snows. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were fortunate enough to fly into Laramie and, uh, and, and visit school. We set up some meetings and you visited with their, some of their faculty and the departments and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, it's it's a really nice school and a great place, but for the Cooge coming out of Vegas, <laughs> going to Laramie, Wyoming, I'm like, no, nah, you you need to go up there and see what it's like in the wintertime. Yeah. Because it's a lot different in the summertime, but you're not gonna be there in the summertime. Right. You know, so <laughs> Which
0: is now that you think about it, when you say that out loud, for schools that are in like colder climates, you really don't get the best climate. Like you get the fall which is usually decent but then you are mostly there for the winter like in upstate new york it's winter till april sometimes may yeah so like you literally go to school in the winter the whole time i'm sure it's similar there but yeah those were good trips and that was kind of my uh, like i had a unique experience of touring college campuses most kids have to like do it, you know, a different way, and I just got to go like with teams and watch games and tour the campus that way, so that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, there's some benefit to it, you know, and um, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, just like uh, when you guys were little, uh, you might not even remember some of these times, but they always played the um, mountain, well, not the mountain, not the big west championship at Long Beach, and so, you know, because of the pro- where it was location wise, <clears throat> you know, I, instead of flying down with the team, I would just drive down. We drive down as a family and we stayed at the, uh, Hyatt Regency right across from the Queen Mary. And we took you guys to, you know, tour mm-hmm. the Queen Mary and oh, long beach is a really neat place. And we were down there for four or five days because, you know, the tournament lasted that long. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, those that. were some fun times. I mean, we got to do some pretty neat things. And,
0: did we uh, go to Disney World because of a sporting thing, or did we just go there?
1: No, we went to Disney World because of the National Athletic Trainers Convention, and I actually was a speaker there. Uh, so the only good thing about that was, I, I, I believe I'm right, they they didn't give you an honorarium, but they if you were a speaker, they paid for your room at the time. So I got a free room and so that was cool so we could afford to take the whole family and fly there and yeah. and uh, that was pretty neat. That you was, guys were pretty pretty young then though yeah.
0: I think. But I was like yeah I was young. I like don't really remember it but yeah. I do remember at least like kind of. I remember like the jaws ride cuz I hate sharks and I was like so yeah. that's probably where my fear of sharks I think sharks. you
1: were right before kindergarten cuz I think Johnny and Jimmy were in first grade or something like that. But yeah, it was it was a cool trip.
0: Well, they're five years older than me. So they would be oh so fourth grade. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well they were yeah maybe like nine or ten. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) That's right.
0: But um yeah, now that now that like from our previous conversation, we definitely have to do a Griswold episode because like so many more (laughs) stories just kept flowing into my mind and they're all just like it's almost like how the hell did that happen? Like every single one, you're like, it's just like nonstop. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) one last thing before we wrap it up, I was thinking of um, the other day I posted a meme on our social media that said something like, when everybody says to you like, hey, I know your dad. Like, first of all, that happens to me all the time. Like, I'm always Jerry Koloski's daughter (laughs) everywhere I go, but this particular time, this particular story is just like crazy small world stuff. So I went to a Denver Nuggets game, first ever, last ever Denver Nuggets game. And um, I wasn't even sitting in the section where my ticket was. Like my ticket was farther up, but the game wasn't that crowded. So like we moved down to like a different section. And it was like right when you moved here and like started working at U Albany, it was like, you came here in February. This was probably, you know, I don't know, a few months after that. Yeah, I think so, it was like April. Yeah. So there was like four people walking up like the aisle, like as in like leaving, wearing like all this Albany stuff. And I was just like, I didn't really realize at the time how small Albany like was. Like I thought, oh, okay, people wearing Albany stuff. So I was like, go Danes. And they like stop in their tracks. And they like look and they're like, "What do you know about the Danes?" And I was like, "Oh, my dad works there." And they're like, "Who's your dad?" And I was like, "Jerry Koloski." They're like, "What, Jerry Koloski? We know your dad." Blah blah blah. They like came over and we took a picture, and it was uh,
1: Nick, Bonarigo Nick Bonarigo and his wife Kim. And I don't, uh, and I think he was with a couple. Probably Joe was his. Uh, he
0: was with the coach that was moving there, or somebody from here was moving.
1: Oh, Zach by. I think um is a radio personality out yeah. in Denver and Zach I think Zach had, yeah, Zach was moving there, got a job there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so like that was just talk about a small freaking world yeah. like that. I think we took a picture and like sent it to you.
1: Yeah, you did. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> that was crazy. But I mean that happens to me a lot like <laughs> with people and especially in more so in Las Vegas than out here. But people would be like, Oh, you're Jerry Koloski's daughter. I'd be like, oh, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Nick is a good guy. As a matter of fact, um, I, um, say again, I, I don't know. I don't know if that was before or after it might've been after, uh, because the NBA plays into May. Um, but anyway, Th- that I think it was that year, or maybe the next year, I went to the Final Four with Nick and a bunch of his friends. And, um, you know, donors always, and Nick was a donor. At the time, he worked for a car dealership. He was a general manager of a car dealership in Albany. Really good guy. Him and his wife were great people and knew a lot of people. And, you know, I had the opportunity to meet Nick and introduce me to a lot of people, uh, which was kind of nice. And we went to um, the Final Four together in Houston, uh, that year. Um, and, uh, you had a really good time, you know, hanging out with him and a bunch of his friends and stuff like that and showing them around. And, and it so happened that year that Oklahoma was in the final four. And, um, and so that was kind of cool because Lon Kruger, you know, was a coach at Oklahoma at the time. And I told Nick, you know, I said, Hey, listen, you know, if you want to go, to Oklahoma's practice, you know, I'll get a hold of their guys and we'll go. And they were, Oklahoma was actually practicing at the university of Houston. Um, and so, you know, the morning I, I drove over there and anyway, Nick got all, he didn't make it. He got all, sidetracked somewhere <laughs> or whatever, but he was all disappointed, but he was all excited to go, you know, see a, you know, a final 14 practice, you know, like a closed practice type yeah. thing. And, and, um,
0: well, that's what. Speaking of, producer Chase and I are going to be at your alma mater. So you got to hook us up with some facility tour or something.
1: At Iowa State. Yeah, I told you I would do that. We'll, yeah. we'll get a hold of somebody there and you guys can go check it out. It'd be cool. Yeah, uh, cool.
0: Well, I'm glad we did this. It actually sparked a lot more of future <laughs> episode ideas for me. Well, and talking about milestones, this is going to be episode 20. Oh, wow. Episode 20 for the Cooge's 30th. Yeah. So if you would have <laughs> nice. told me when we started this thing that we'd be going strong at episode 20, I would have been a little surprised, I think. So I know. It, though. We are going strong thanks to our dedicated listeners.
1: Yeah. We appreciate everybody's support. Keep listening and we'll keep bringing you the stories. And
0: tell your friends. <laughs> yes. Tell your friends. Yes. All right. Well, next time you hear me, I will be 30. And we will keep rocking.
1: Next time you hear me, I'll still be the same age (laughs) and I'll keep getting older.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. See you next week.
1: All right. Have a good week, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, Wherever you're streaming this podcast, if you would be so kind as to give us a subscribe and maybe even a review. In addition, you can find us for any updates on social media, Facebook or Instagram. Our handle is at Cuddy and the Cooge, Cuddy with a C, Cooge with a K.
1: Or you can email any questions or submit any feedback to Cooge at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.